In episode four of Tech It Up Talk, tune in to a discussion with Lois Barker from Read Tech Write about leveraging technology to promote literacy and instructional practices. The Tech It Up Talk podcast aspires to educate, inform, and inspire educators from teachers to school leaders on tips, tools, and resources to support the integration of technology into classroom instruction. You're listening to Tech It Up Talk with Dr. Mack, your host with the most passion for supporting educators from teachers to school leaders with the integration of technology into instruction. In today's show, we are going to discuss leveraging technology to promote literacy with Ms. Lois Barker, CEO of ReTechWrite. Lois is an ELA content developer who holds a master's degree in curriculum and instruction with a concentration in literacy studies, and she is currently working on her doctorate in organizational leadership with a concentration in learning with emerging technologies. She started her career as an English teacher in a South Dallas high school in which she spent six years working with the campus leadership to transform literacy and sheltered instruction practices. She took on leadership roles to support other teachers through job embedded coaching around creating safe spaces for all students and developing a culturally responsive curriculum. After a five-year partnership and turning that campus around, Lois relocated to Houston to become a teacher development specialist. And for the last seven years, she has worked with Houston's striving secondary campuses to improve ELA best practices, increase leader and teacher capacity, strategically integrating technology, revamping curriculum, and promoting literacy across all content. She believes that all educators deserve access to quality professional development and instructional resources to meet the needs of all learners. In 2019, she launched Read Tech Right to advocate for a shift in curriculum and professional development. So without further ado, I would like to welcome my special guest, Miss Lois Barker to the Tech It Up Talk podcast. Welcome and it's so, uh, I'm so happy and excited to have you here and can't wait to hear all the knowledge and your experience you're gonna share with us and help our listeners as we are uh, all in this together and supporting student learning. How are Thank you, you today? for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing all right. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk about literacy and technology. All right. Well, and we know that literacy is a critical component in education and its effect really extends beyond the classroom walls and really into our economy. So the information you're going to share with us, is, I think, is very beneficial with, with education right now and especially even more so since we're shut down for virtual learning and teachers are having to strategize and develop ways to continue to support that work virtually. So can you kind of share with us more about Retech Right? So I started Retech Right uh, in 2019 out of passion and frustration. And so, you know, like being in a certain role, sometimes you have ideas for how things should work. And you've spent time researching and experimenting and that voice is just not being heard, you know. And so instead of like bringing a seat to the table, I decided to build my own table and my own seat. And so I started Retech Right so I can share those ideas that I've spent time with practicing and experimenting without restrictions, without boundaries, um, without additional politics. And so... The focus of Retech Right 
is to guide teachers and administrators away from a traditional um, sense of professional development, the traditional view of technology and curriculum, more towards social justice curriculum. And when you started talking about social justice curriculum, you were talking about making sure um, it's multicultural. You Mm -hmm. start looking into anti-racist and anti-bias pedagogy. And so I feel like what happens in education is we have a lot of buzzwords and trends and it's not um, some of these things don't last consistently for the long haul. And so my goal is that, you know, through my business is to not have these 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 topics be seen as trends. But these are frameworks, ongoing frameworks that you constantly work on, that you constantly build, you know, within your classroom and the larger community. So kids have um, you know, kids are represented and technology is used to like leverage the playing field and not necessarily create a larger divide. Because when you, once you start diving into technology and access, that's a whole different like ball game in terms of like economics. And so mm-hmm. that, that's basically retech right in a nutshell. <laughs> OK, so with your experience in supporting teachers, um, especially with the literacy and ELA component, like what challenges do you feel teachers currently face with literacy and education right now? There's, it's like, uh, it, it's saturated. And, and that's the issue. Like everybody has a strategy for something. Everybody has a different take on something. And to me, it's very simple. And I think teachers need to like scale back and understand that less is more. So like when you look at the big components of literacy, you're talking reading, writing, listening and speaking. And it's creating opportunities every day for kids to listen, write, uh, speak and read. And it's 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 simple. And so I think what happens is that people don't understand the role, like the components, and they focus heavily Mm -hmm. on maybe just reading and writing. Right. Kids need to read and write. And so we throw books at them. We throw strategies at them. And we don't necessarily vet the quality of the strategies, the quality of the resources. And so kids and teachers are just bogged down with all these, all this research, all these different strategies, and they don't have the opportunity to internalize and see what's really working. Because teaching is like a science, right? Uh, So it's like, let me try this. Let me see if it works. Let me build on it or let me ditch it. And so I think that's a major challenge is that, People don't have a true understanding of, of literacy and it's just saturated. It's overload. Right. But yeah, you hit on a few things. I, I think also with teachers trying to work on their lesson design, that that actually comes uh, a part of that. So like what challenges even just like trying to design uh, just a standard lesson that is impactful for student learning and then trying to purposely place those um, I, even, I guess, with them right now with the strategies or even purposely place the promotion of literacy in um, those lessons, do you think, I guess, could help support teachers in doing a better job of that? Uh, a lesson plan, like a lesson template, a framework? Yeah, well, well a framework or um, just the fact that they have to put to plan a lesson to consider literacy as a part of that component across, uh, across you know, various content areas. So we know that they're challenged with that. So what, I guess, advice, I, I guess I would ask, would you give teachers in incorporating those components to help support students in developing and growing with literacy? In so I think for teachers, it's, 
it chunking chunk your materials so if you're opening your lesson with a reading component let's take a reading class right so if we're going to open up with like a short reading component how do you want kids to internalize it and give them different options right so after they internalize it they're going to let's say i'm reading this poem this is my you know my entry into my lesson i'm reading a short poem so how do you know they've internalized it how do you know they've connected am i going to have them write am i going to have them talk about it um, and so you just, you know, you think about it that way. So here's my warm up. Am I going to have them write or talk about it or do both? Cause I can write it down and then I can share, you know, share it out loud. Cause kids like to talk. They like that engagement. Uh, it could be you open up with a video, right? So am I opening up with a video? So they're watching and they're listening something. And then again, am I just going to have them talk about it because it's less stressful to turn and talk to somebody or are they going to write or draw and then share out that writing and drawing? So, like, for me, I just tell teachers, think about how you process anything on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Like, when you watch an episode of whatever it is, the latest show, like, I just watched, was it Lovecraft Country? After I watched it, I didn't write an essay. I called my friends up. I'm like, yo, did you watch this? And we started talking about it. And then mm -hmm. after I talked about it, I got on Twitter. Let me tweet. And I want to tell teachers, I don't care how snooty you are, tweeting is an art form. It is part of writing. Let's call tweeting its own writing genre. And I <laughs> tweeted about it, right? So I watched something. I called my friends. I talked. I listened. Then I tweeted. That's my writing. I did all of that, all those components naturally. So I think the way literacy has been packaged, it's like these separate things that you have to do. But it's not. It's a natural component of how we internalize and, and share how we internalize information. Right. Well, you kind of touched on this already, but how can um, technology really help support literacy, especially now with a shutdown for virtual learning? So, again, less is more. That's my mantra. Do not get bogged down with like a billion different tools that you yes. want to try. Oh, we're going to do Flipgrid and Padlet and all these things. Pick something simple that could cover a lot of bases. So for example, Flipgrid, that's a perfect tool for all levels for kids to read, listen, speak, receive fee written feedback. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. So find tools that will match your different like your different levels of learners and your different styles of learners. So for instance, if you're elementary, have your kid, like that, that your student, pick a reading book, right? Like a little picture book because you want to listen. I'm not elementary, so I'm probably going to like make something up. But like, <laughs> you know how you do your running records? You want to listen for fluency and all mm -hmm. that jazz. You can have them create a short recording, reading a, a picture book. And so you're hearing them read. And so you know when they're stumbling on a word and you can hear them correct themselves. And you hop online and you can record feedback. Hey, great job reading you know, the cat in the hat, I, I notice you're stumbling here. Let's practice, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so that kid has that flip grid to always go back to and, and, you know, they can learn. You can even, the same for high school kids. They can do at-home reading and then they come on Flipgrid and post their response. And then other kids can listen and, you know, like give feedback. Oh, yeah, definitely agreed. I felt that. And for me, when I'm really passionate about something, I'm going to record it versus write it out. And mm -hmm. so you have all these tools that will meet kids wherever they are and give them that preference. And so, like, 
the whole idea that kids are going to suffer some great loss with <laughs> reading and that's not going to happen right. if you if you play the game right. Yeah, I like that. You know, and I've I've heard quite a few teachers, especially you know, we 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 all we often hear the challenges that students have with literacy, and now that we're forced with uh, having to teach virtually, I've heard quite often that they feel that they can't do it virtually, that you can't teach kids to read virtually through the technology. So, what advice would you give to those teachers who may feel that way? I think. Some of it has to do with like that level of control, right? Like if you're not physically in my presence, I don't think it's working. And it's a mindset shift that they just have to work through that. It's just a different vehicle. It's going to be okay. It's like release that control. Stop worrying about that because you can record. Like you can get an audiobook or an ebook and you can post that on the screen and you're recording you know, like you annotating, you're reading, you're you're pausing, you're doing read alouds. Um, and it's the same thing. You have like tons of resources out there from textbook companies, even authors got online with their publishers, publishers and did read alouds. So kids have multiple avenues to hear what good reading sounds like, to see what good note taking sounds like, mm-hmm. and to have opportunities to provide that feedback. So I think it's just a matter of understanding that you have to release control and the vehicle in which you're doing your read aloud with your physical book and you're annotating is just going to look different. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about technology is you can record everything. And so (laughs) the kid can watch it over and over again. And so it's sinking in because in class, it's like a one-time shot. You did it one time, we walk away from it and it's, you know. Right. And so many things happen in between before you come back and see them again. So it's happened that recording does um, help and support that process. That's great. Well, can you uh, share with us like what services you provide with Retech Right to kind of help teachers and who probably need that support in developing to be able to do those type of things? So it's like a twofold thing. So like if we're talking about like if you want work around like anti-racist, anti-bias curriculum, then I then I work with, with teachers, then I, I work with like um, schools to redesign their curriculum so it covers those components of do we have diversity? Am I truly exploring thinking that's going to promote like, you know, that anti-racist, anti-bias lens? And then we have like that technology component. How are you using technology to ensure that kids are, you know, effectively learning, they're collaborating, and then how it's not driving a larger gap in terms of equity. So like looking at your systems that you currently have and ensuring that you're not creating a larger gap and it's being used effectively. So that comes through professional development. Um, Last spring, I had like one or two um, PD sessions virtually about like flipping novel studies in the ELA classroom, how to host virtual writers workshops. So this fall, I'm going to have some more on using picture books to, um, you know, address strong emotions and how the role of technology in, you know, make checking in with like the social emotional aspects of learning. And so this year it's been a lot of online workshops. It hasn't been, you know, like face to face workshops as yet, but if a school so desires to have me come out, then, you know, we can schedule and do things of that nature. All right. 
Uh, okay, so let's move on to our second segment, which is Get Your Tech Together. And this segment of the show is in, in all shows, really, that I want my listeners to be able to walk away with some tools that can help support them. And in this case, we're talking about promoting literacy with technology. You already kind of hit on one big one that, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I would always offer as a suggestion for implementation. So could you kind of share what are some tools you feel educators should have in their virtual toolbox right now for promoting literacy and with technology and education? So, yeah, like you mentioned, I already like sold Flipgrid out there. It's free and I love it. Kaizena, K-A-I-Z-E-N-A. And so what I like about that one is if you are a teacher that uses like for your writing specifically, if you are using Google Docs, it allows you to go in and you leave video feedback. Ooh. And um, so instead of you know, getting a document with a billion comments and highlights, direct video feedback. And then the cool thing is you can, um, it can be, it doesn't matter. Like there's like, um, you can use it for just, not just feedback, but you can use it for a, a mini lesson. So for instance, if a kid is like, if you look at the essay and you're like, whoa, comma splices, um, is a big issue. Instead of saying, hey, I know this comma splice is a big issue. You need to fix that. How about you, you can post a video of you modeling, fixing comma splices, a quick mini lesson, and that kid has that video in that document as they're going through and checking for comma splices. So I really like that one a lot. Padlet's always a good tool. Um, and the, the thing about Padlet is you can use it for not just posting things on there, right? Mm -hmm. You can do... Um, they have a timeline feature, which I think is really cool. And so like kids can look at it as a, like you can turn that timeline maybe like into a growth chart. So if a kid wants to track development in reading or writing, turn that timeline into like a growth tracker for those kids so they can plop in there like, oh, here I am at this percentage or here I am at this level. Hmm. Yeah, if, if you're thinking along those lines. Something that I think we often forget is like, the praise aspect, the motivation aspect mm -hmm. of, of accomplishing goals, especially in reading, there is something called Kudo Board. And it's like, it's almost like a Padlet, but with greeting cards. And um, it's like a greeting board. And so it, it's really cool when kids are making big gains, being involved in classroom discussions for them to, to get that praise. And so you can have multiple collaborators coming on there. So let's say there is a kid that's been a striving reader in English and they, the science teacher notices the same thing. The social studies teachers notice the same thing. Y'all can get on Kudo board and create little greeting cards and send that off to that kid where it's praise some all, you know, all the teachers like, Hey, you know, Hey John, great job across contents. You know, the way you discuss the way you're writing. So I think like we get caught up in finding tools um, to do things mm -hmm. like let's do assessments. But the praise aspect, especially now, kids need that because they're not physically in your presence to get a sticker or like a pizza party or whatever. And so Kudo Board is really cool so kids can get that reinforcement. I like that. Yeah. You know, even us as adults, we like to uh, receive accolades. It motivates us to want to do more, give more. And we have those higher expectations. We start to live up to it when we are praised for the work that we've put in. Even yeah. the small, small, the small growths. Uh, so yeah, I like that. So it's called Kudo Board. Yeah. 
All right. I'm going to check that one out myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So in our last segment of the show, I call it the tech smackdown. And here is just a time to leave the listeners with best practices and tips. And of course, our topic for today is uh, using technology to promote literacy. So if you can just share your top three tips for educators and teachers, school leaders, advice, or even if you just want to lay out some tools they can take away with them from today's show, they can probably implement in our current time of virtual instruction. So when it comes to getting kids comfortable reading and speaking and discussing, we need to collaborate. And I think like what needs to happen is use technology to leverage collaboration, leverage partnerships. And when I say partnerships, also make sure it's diverse partnerships, because a big component of whether you will get a kid to invest time in reading and speaking about what they're reading is when they see themselves. A lot of the times our curriculum is very white centered Mm -hmm. and um, diversity, like it's very hard to find a Native American story being told or a positive African-American story being told. And so think about especially now that kids are at home and they don't have their social groups, you know, that home group to to lean on. Think about the mirrors that you're giving them. And so do they have representation in the material that you're asking them to read and talk and write about? Because that's how you get buy-in. And then consider using Zoom, Skype to network with other teachers, network with a friend. So for instance, if I'm reading a book, and it's and it has a little um, let's say it's based in um, Cuba. My knowledge of Cuba might be limited. Let me see if I can partner up with someone who knows Cuban studies or I don't know, go on Twitter, reach out to a teacher who is in Cuba so kids can collaborate. So you have that sense of of collaboration happening. They're internalizing the material. They feel represented and they have a lot to talk about. Right. So, again, so basically Use technology for collaboration, but meaningful collaboration. Mm -hmm. Make sure your resources are diverse, like make sure kids are represented, because when kids go to school again, they they have that physical circle they can connect to. They don't have that virtually. So make sure you're, you know, like all your kids can see themselves. And that's how you'll get them to invest in reading, writing and talking. But before you move on, I want to kind of piggyback on what you just said. Um, about the collaboration piece. And you mentioned Skype, because I know Skype has the Skype in the classroom where you can do those global collaborations. Yep. So I think that is a, a perfect tool for teachers to go into. Um, Microsoft Education has it as a part of their system for educators to just log in and uh, be a part of a network. So networking in general just makes us better as uh, leaders, educators, and just people. Uh, just knowing what other people are going through and kind of just stepping outside the box. So I, I Thank you for sharing and suggesting the global collaboration piece. I, I really like that idea. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, and then you might be surprised. Like once, like some people like myself, I work from home now. And so I, I look for interaction. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like yearning for I was on Twitter saying, hey, I'll read to your kids. Come somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I need social interaction. Um, so, yeah, like definitely consider that. Um, and then finally, t- like teachers, you have to scale back 
and you know less is more you you know like just as how kids are getting a little bit frustrated moving from tab to tab you're mm-hmm. gonna get frustrated using from tab to tab so sit back and ask yourself whatever you do for your stu- how would you feel if you were in that student's position you're asking me to read a 50 page ebook does that make sense right because you have to be mindful of What's the size of the kid's laptop? What's their home life like? The noise in the background, you know, the, you know, or should I give them a recording? Um, and so like, think about accessibility, whether it's like that physical component, but also think about like the social and emotional part of things. So as you are creating your assignments, is it chunky and is it manageable? You practice doing it in multiple, um, platforms or avenues to make sure that this is something that's not going to overwhelm my kids Mm because if you get overwhelmed doing it and you've had the pd and the training what's going to happen to that five-year-old or 11-year-old or 16-year-old so we have to less is more and be very mindful of the task so practice it in multiple platforms Mm -hmm. and and then troubleshoot from there that is that's a great point because you know and sometimes I, i don't think teachers um, go from the student view of their experience. So we plan things, but I think it's important that you go from the perspective of the students to see how it will play out so that it, it plays the way you imagine it would. So like yeah. thinking like a kid, or even if you have to use your own kid to uh, test it out. And in some cases I had in, in one, <laughs> in the last episode, I had someone share that they had to get their husband to make sure that the presentation, <laughs> they had to husband proof it. But I thought that was hilarious. But you know, you want to make sure that it's representative for the student to be able to do. And sometimes we, we, we put things together and in our mind, it's the, the best thing ever. But you really have to go through their experience. It will Johnny be able to know the click here or just giving yeah. those call to actions or being explicit with the instruction. Is the assignment conducive for them working virtually? And, yeah. you know, is in the, so that is a, a great tip. <laughs> I think, and very important for a lot of educators and even administrators to consider when we're asking people to do things in this new normal of, of working from home. So, oh, for sure. Yes. So, I mean, I, I want to thank you, Lois, for joining us today. Your, your information was very impactful. I'm sure that someone's going to be able to take away some nuggets here today, but I want to make sure they also can connect with you. So if you can just share how they can connect with you and be a, a part of your network and reach out and even um, request services to help support them in developing. So um, you can either visit my uh, website, read, readtechwrite.com, and um, you know you can uh, fill out that you know contact me form. But the quickest way is to find me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I live on Twitter. It's sad. I know. <laughs> um, uh, at uh, lits underscore bark or at readtechwrite. So either one of those accounts, I'm always on Twitter every day. Um, you can message me on there or just, you know, like tag me in, you know, tweet me and um, we can go from there. But yeah, I definitely encourage you to go to the website and just check out some of the services being offered. And like I, uh, sometime in mid-September, there'll be a series of workshops available for um, like, you know, addressing the social emotional aspects of learning virtually and then um, some things along the lines of reading and, and, and leveraging technology. So all students are engaged and, um, you know, successful. 
Yes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see those sessions. Please uh, be sure to share those with me. I can put them on my site as well. And I can continue to share your work. It, it was some very powerful information for myself. I learned a new tool that I'm going to be checking out. <laughs> and I, uh, leave here that I can share with other teachers. So thank you again for joining us. And hopefully we can have you back on again at another time. All right. Thank you for having me. This was fun. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Tech It Up Talk podcast with Dr. Mack, your host with the most passion for supporting educators on using and implementing technology. Be sure to catch our weekly episodes every Friday and connect with me on the Tech It Up Talk Facebook page and Twitter and Instagram at Tech It Up Talk or at Dr. J.E. McDonald. Now, I know teching may not always be easy, but it sure is fun. <laughs>